Good morning, Stockwell and Central Service. I really wish I could be here with you today, but sadly, that isn't possible. Today, we will continue our series on the I Am statements, which we find in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. These are the words of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I simply love light. It's what I take pictures of when I am on holiday, and it's the first thing I'm looking for when I am exploring a new place to live. One of my favorite days of the year is December 22nd, when the days start to get longer. And I always have a bit of morning on the 23rd June when it's the other way around. No matter how we feel about light, we all know how dependent we are on the physical light. Without light, no oxygen. Without oxygen, no life. That much we know. Therefore, light was the first point of order in creation. Everything had become dark for reasons that we don't know. But God didn't give up on our planet. He said, let there be light. In the very beginning of his gospel, John makes a direct link between Jesus and the story of creation by starting his gospel in the very same way. He says, in the beginning. And then he gives what we might call the spiritual interpretation of creation. He writes, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made that has been made in him was life, and that life was the light of men. In the text for today, Jesus confirms John's interpretation by saying the exact same thing. I am the light of the world. In other words, I am that word he's talking about, the living word by which everything was created, the word that was spoken and light came into being, the word that is God. I am that word. I am that light of life, Jesus says. And then he expands it and invites all of us into the picture. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, Jesus says. Now, the darkness of this world is very real, so real that I don't need to talk much about it to prove a point. And our state of powerlessness facing the darkness is equally clear. The reality of the number of us struggling in different ways it's just a well-known fact, isn't it? Just this week, approximately 130 of us have started on a steps journey and we are all working on something which represents some sort of darkness in our lives. It has many faces and it has many names and it doesn't really matter because we know it. This sense of finding ourselves surrounded by darkness, left with choices between bad alternatives or the sense that darkness is approaching and we find ourselves unsettled. I believe that there is a direct link between this sense of being unsettled and what we might call a crisis of authority. We live in a day where we see this extreme vacuum authority around us. Our trust in the military authority of the Western world is crumbling. The recent events in Afghanistan is just another chapter in that particular story, and what a tragic one, really. Our trust in medical science is on the edge. We see that every day. 
Our trust in the financial system is increasingly fragile as we realize that we are in the middle of a global experiment of which no one can predict the outcome. Now, these are issues on the big scale. This is the big arena. But even more so, many of us experience a sense of need of authority in our own personal world. On the spiritual level, we long for more authority in our prayers, don't we? We long for more authority in the face of temptations. And we long for more authority in our testimony to the people around us. I think that's the case for many of us. And Jesus says in the midst of all this, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. The statement of Jesus is a statement of authority. It's one of the first characteristics of light that John reminds us of. He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So no matter what kind of darkness you and I go through right now, no matter how challenging it feels, the fact is the darkness has not and will never overcome the light of Jesus. That's a fact. There is a roadmap to true authority layered in these words of Jesus. And this is what we will explore in the next few minutes. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am, he says. It's, an, it's almost an answer to a question, isn't it? Who are you? And this seems to be the crucial question John is aiming at in all of his gospel, who is Jesus? And, and he would say, as a consequence, who are we? Who are you and I? And this becomes clear when we read through the gospel of John that he links to those two things very much together, the identity of Jesus and the identity of us. Is Jesus God or a supreme human being with an amazing wisdom and authority? Both theories were out there in the days of John. So who is he? Now, why is this important? Well, the authority of Jesus hangs in the balance with this question. This makes a difference in how we view his words. Are they suggestions, wise guidelines, a buffet of opportunities for me to pick and choose after my own liking? Or are they indeed the words of God? That is the big question. Some years ago, I was in a situation where I had to ask a young boy, to stop doing what he was doing. I forget what it was and also where it was, but it was rather naughty and his parents, they weren't really inside. So somebody had to do something. He obviously knew he was in the wrong, but he, repri he replied to me, you are not my father. In other words, if you had been my father, your words would carry a significantly different weight and I would have to obey you. I know you're in the right, and I'm in the wrong, I don't deny it, but you are not my father, so you have no authority. That's really how it went. It's not just about the words, is it? It's about the authority of the person who is saying them. And John is clear, the words of Jesus are spoken with the authority of God, the creator of heaven and earth. So these words of Jesus, they deal with 
the question of authority and linked to that, they deal also with the big question of identity, which is where our authority really comes from. For better or worse, the question of identity has become one of the main questions in our part of the world. I'm sure you have noticed this. In her extremely well-received recent book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? The Irish novelist Sally Rooney let one of her characters put it like this. She says, everyone is understandably attached to particular identity categories, but at the same time, largely unwilling to articulate what those categories consist of, how they came about and what purposes they serve. This is how she puts it. Now, this is just one sentence out of hundreds and they all deal with confused identity and they are all very frustrated in their tone of voice. Commentators seem to agree that this book is very precise in its image of what some would call the woke generation. They are unsettled, restless, without authority in a world which they find themselves unsuited for. No matter how we look at this discussion, there is a, an important question beneath it all, namely, who am I? Allow me to give a, a summary, a paraphrased version of of what we see in the Gospel of John, which would represent an answer from Jesus to this question. So this is a gathering from all the chapters, basically, in John. Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. We are one. And looking at the disciples and us, he says, I am in you, and you are in me, and I am with you, and you are called to be united with me and to be united with one another, just as I am. And, and the Father, we are united with one another. And then Jesus says, this is the testimony to the world. This is the light that shines in the darkness. Augustine, the old church father, expressed this truth in one of his famous sentences. He, says, he said, God is more me than I am. I would claim that we can put it as simple as this. Authority is based in identity and identity is found in belonging. So who am I? Well, the answer is simple. I am his and he is mine. Who am I? Well, I'm actually also yours. I belong to a community of believers. My identity is found in belonging. We are who we belong to. So take care not to belong to yourself or you will end up very lonely. And take care that you belong to Jesus because he's the only one who can make you truly yourself because he is where we come from. So the light reveals our identity and it does so in two ways. It reveals the true nature of who we are. This is the essence of the biblical blessing. When God blesses us, it is just like in the old days when you took a picture with an actual film in the camera. And if you were a real nerd, which I'm afraid to say I was, you would learn how to take each frame of the film, which was called a negative, and you would turn it into a positive. So all the information needed for what would eventually become this potentially big size photograph was contained in this small negative. Everything was there. It just wasn't visible to the eye yet. And some of you would already have anticipated this. The key element in transforming this negative to a positive is light. You need to expose the negative to light. 
This is the principle we discover when God institutes the blessing as a key element of our calling. In the Old Testament, we find the famous blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his face towards you and give you peace. Now, this was what the priests of the Old Testament were supposed to proclaim of the people. And as a New Testament priesthood, this is what we are called to proclaim over the people as well. This was what God did himself right back from the time of creation when he blessed his creation. What did he do? He shone his light of his presence over the created beings and he called forth the potential which he had placed in them himself. The potential to be fruitful was there. So he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Be fruitful and fill the earth. I don't know about you, but when I heard the UK blessing during lockdown, the song produced by Christian artists from a broad spectre of Christian denominations, it was probably the most profound spiritual experience I had during that very stressful, uh, stressful period of time. Meta and I, we, we heard it over and over and over again. And at times we were in tears. Now, what was that? What was going on? I believe that we were reminded of who God is, what his agenda for us still was in spite of very challenging circumstances. And therefore it reminded us about who we are. People of faith called to live by faith and not by fear, people of light, called to live not in darkness, but in light. So the light reveals who Jesus is and who we are in him. And secondly, the light reveals what isn't us. The light not only reveals who we are, it also reveals who we are not. In John chapter 3, Jesus underlines this faculty of his light. He says, I have not come to condemn the world, but is, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Job in the Old Testament describes it with these words. He writes, he reveals the deep things of darkness and brings deep shadows into the light. Now, to put this into context, we may ask a simple question. What is it that steals away our authority and leaves us unsettled in the darkness left with bad alternatives? What is that? Is it the exterior circumstances? The lack of progress in our career? The minus on the bank account? The partner that hasn't surfaced yet? Or for that matter, the partner that has surfaced? Now, all of this means something. Of course it does. But it's not what steals away our authority. It's not the answer to our being unsettled. Actually, you can have more authority in a prison cell than a king in his palace. Both the Bible and history as such have amazing examples of this. Nelson Mandela being one of them. Now, what steals away our authority is the shadow stuff. The things we keep in hiding because we are ashamed of them. It's a shadow that steals away our authority, which is why we need both the light that reminds us of who we are and the light that reveals that what we are not. The light doesn't shine on the darkness to tell us that that is who we are. It shines on it to, tells us, to tell us the opposite, 
that we are not that. We are children of the light. I am the light of the world, says Jesus. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, finally, how do we walk in the light? How do we follow Jesus? A lot can be said, of course, but I will simply remind us of three things. And they are all about holding on, which is a core principle uh, in the Bible, but also something we need to do in a time like this. Number one, hold on to your testimony. Bill Wilson, who was the founder of AA, was a hopeless alcoholic until he saw a vision of the shining person of Jesus in his room at the hospital. Since that experience, Bill never again touched a drop of alcohol. He came from darkness into light, and he was eager to stay there. Now, one of the ways he did that was by sharing his testimony. And it is said that whenever he came to a new town where he knew no one, he would ask around until he found an alcoholic. And he would seek out this alcoholic and tell the story of how he became sober. For him, this became the absolute key to stay in the light, to remain free from the darkness of alcohol. Later, he put it down in writing as a principle stating that only what we get to give away, we get to keep. So don't despise your testimony. God is in it. Therefore, light is in it. And whenever you tell it, the light shines not only on the listener, but also, also on you. Do as Bill did. Actively seek ways to share your story with others and yourself. Number two, hold on to worship. In worship, we let go of the rationale and we worship beyond the state of the world and beyond the state of us. We proclaim the reality of Jesus, that he is who he says he is, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth. He's the one to whom all glory, all honor and all power belongs. This is what we proclaim. And we do this in spite of darkness around us and even sometimes in spite of darkness within us. We bypass the intellectual Q&A system and then we connect with the Spirit of God who lifts us up beyond limited human understanding. Now, this is not about having a personality that enjoys worship, not at all. And this is not about a specific worship style either, not at all. And this is not about how we feel, but it's about what we choose to believe and act on. In worship, we don't focus on us. We don't focus on the world. We focus on him who is the light. So worship. And if you can't do it from the heart, do it as a choice. Hold on to worship. Hold on to your testimony. And finally, hold on to the words of Jesus. Many of us have become used to fast food, quick fixes and easy tricks. And therefore, we struggle when it comes to holding on to the words of Jesus and staying with it. As a continuation of the very same conversation in which Jesus says the words that we are focused on today, he says following, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, as I said before, we have just started our steps course and many of you would have heard stories about how people have experienced a power to change through the steps process. 
that's my story as well. Now, what is the secret behind all those stories? I believe it is a principle that Jesus talks about here. We take whatever we are working on and then we bring it into the light by being open and honest and transparent. Then we stay with it for three months at least. And, we, and week in and week out, we allow the Holy Spirit to massage the Word of God around and into the very area we are working on. That's where the freedom comes from. There are no easy tricks, no quick fixes, no fast food, but the help to hold on to the word of Jesus and to let that shape our identity and consequently the way we lead our lives. This is how we follow him. Even when we are surrounded by darkness, even when we feel stuck between bad alternatives, we hold on to our testimony. We hold on to worship. And we hold on to his word. That's how we stay in the light. That's how we follow him. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, says Jesus. Amen.